Thank you so much for joining me again on the podcast. My guest today, so inspired, it's Chef Ahu, and she is a Turkish native that went through so many personal challenges to start a family-oriented restaurant, and she's now on the island of Oahu, Honolulu to be exact, in Hawaii, and it's all about the flavors and the culture that she's brought together and working with family and cooking with her mother and all the early influences that have been healing to her in so many ways. She went through so many personal challenges with immigration and even depression and PTSD. And now she has this restaurant and the vision came to life and it's even more than what she had hoped for. And we talk about so much about what it takes to start a restaurant and be inspired and to deliver amazing experiences to guests and then have them so appreciate those experiences that word just spreads and a business becomes successful. So you're not gonna wanna miss this episode. If you're thinking about starting a restaurant, and so many of us start thinking, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if we could do this? You should check out our Restaurant Rockstars Academy because it's really everything you need to know in order to start that restaurant and run it profitably and successfully, as well as train your team in all aspects of running your business. So that's available at restaurantrockstars.com. It's the Academy. So thank you so much. Now on with the episode. You're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Listen, from one restaurateur to another, and I hope you GMs out there listening as well are paying attention. You know, marketing should never be an experiment. Oh, I tried this or I tried that. No, any of your valuable dollars that you spend on marketing should absolutely be trackable. You should know exactly where the business is coming from and that it's driving return on your investment. You spend a certain amount of money, you want to make far more money in return from that marketing if you can track it. So pay attention. My friend Dyson runs a business called The Birthday Club, and his program is done for you because we know that everybody dines out on their birthday. It's a tradition. It's a celebration. But not only do they not come in by themselves, they bring many friends with them. They usually have free spending and large check averages. It's very profitable business. So why leave it to chance? Why let your competitors get all the birthday business? So again, The Birthday Club is a done-for-you program. All you have to do is check out www.jointhebirthdayclub.com slash birthdayrockstar. It's a great program. If I still owned and operated restaurants today after decades, it's something I would definitely be doing, but it's worth checking out. So check it out. Jointhebirthdayclub.com slash birthdayrockstar. The busiest time of the year is coming. Is your staff ready for the holiday rush? Well, this year, give your team the gift of Pop Menu AI Answering, a simple solution for phones ringing off the hook. AI Answering handles calls 24-7, 365 days a year, so your staff can focus on in-person guests. Customize your greetings and responses, answer common questions, promote specials and events, and send follow-up links to ordering and reservations. AI Answering handles it all while escalating more complex conversations back to your team. Now, never miss another tasty revenue opportunity. PopMenu is the marketing technology platform designed to make growing your restaurant easy. Discover more AI restaurant tools that turn your to-do list into an already done list. Request a demo today and my listeners for a limited time will get $100 off their first month plus lock in one unchanging monthly rate. Go now to popmenu.com slash rockstars. Again, get $100 off your first month at popmenu.com slash rockstars. Hello, Chef. How are you? And welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Thank you so much, Roger. I'm very happy to be invited to your show. Well, I'm really happy to introduce our audience to you because you have a very interesting and very inspired story. And why don't you take us back? You are um, originally from Turkey. And yes. that's a really cultural country and food is very important there. And you you grew up as a young person um, cooking and you had some early inspirations there. So take us back to your childhood and, and cooking and then take us to present day. Culturally, in Turkey, it is still like this too. Um, we cook at home the most. You know, we of course we go out, but cooking at home is a very 
integral and important part of our culture. And I grew up cooking with my mother, with my grandmothers, uh, even my grandfathers. We used to go fishing together and we used to bring the fish from Mediterranean, clean it together and cook it for our family. So cooking just uh, connects me with my senses, uh, with my cherished moments in my life, with my past. That's a beautiful story. Now, you immigrated to America in what year? Now, you're currently on the island of Hawaii here in the United States. What year would that have been when you first came to the United States? Yes, I believe it was 2002. It was a long time ago. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was about 20-something years ago I came to U.S. And the reason why I came to U.S. was just go to school. Uh, I didn't even immigrate at that time. I was a student. I see. Thank you. And, um, and then I study animation and visual effects because I'm an artist. And I thought, uh, you know, creating a story and uh, creating an art would be my calling at that time. And as I was studying animation and visual effects, my interest started to shift more to psychology. And I also study psychology. And I was hoping to create my own art therapy. That was kind of where I was going in my life oh, okay. until I start to get challenged by immigration system of United States of America as an immigrant. So when I start to decide to live here and establish my life here, and at that time it was a long time. It was I was already here over six years. It became very difficult for me to the point. Um, just briefly explain you what happened to me was when what I learned from my great attorney who had me in in this uh, miserable journey. I'm really um, grateful to him because he was a great person to help me. Um, he informed me what happens is when once one immigration officers decide about a person, other immigration officers doesn't change. So this is going to be challenging for us to change, for you to establish life here. However, it's, you have every right to do it. And they made their own decision. So we will change this. You have right to change this, but it will take a while. But I didn't realize it will take over 10 years. Oh, my goodness. Who knew? Yeah. Yes. It was a long, uh, challenging time. And during that time, you know, I received papers telling me, leave the country in 30 days or we will come and arrest you. It was kind of really scary for me because yes. I have no criminal record. And just thinking about like some people are coming after me and arresting me and taking me in places that I have never been before. It, it Just this idea started to create anxiety and eventually anxiety developed into depression Yes, and depression developed into PTSD. Wow. And when I was having these times, I was living in San Francisco and I was still going to school. And when I met with my husband, he told me, because he researched about my city and where I was from, which is called Mersin Tur in Turkey. He said, you know, Honolulu just looks like your city. You got to come and check this out. It looks so beautiful, kind of like a Mediterranean coast, warm weather and similar um, Similar products grow in Honolulu, just like in your city. But it really captured my attention, and I visited Honolulu with him. And the moment I step out from the airplane, I remember that day still very vividly. I just felt something very different, almost like something hugged me in the air. Like I felt like I wow. belonged to be here. It yes. was a powerful uh, spiritual connection I had with the island at that time. And that is when I decided to stay. But however, my emotional situation was deteriorating at that time through my immigration challenges. And this is when my psychiatrist gave me, you know, heavy medications and all this stuff. This is when my mom stepped in and she said, you know, you are not going to live your life like this. I'm coming there. Okay. And she literally came here with a luggage full of uh, Spices, put I love to eat, put we used to, you know, cook together, just the ingredients, uh, not the food itself, but the ingredients she brought, everything. And she started cooking in my kitchen, and that is when I would call uh, 
my colors of life starts to change. Mm-hmm. You know, the sense uh, of the food, um, the flavors of aromas um, coming from my kitchen through my mom's cooking uh, and start cooking with my mother, start my healing process. It became very therapeutic for me. And this is when I decided I need to share this food um, with people of Hawaii, you know, and I, and my mom was always a chef in her heart. She was cooking for our families, my friends, my school. Um, and I thought that would be nothing better for her to do this finally professionally in a professional platform. And that will be my gift to her as well. Uh, and this is also what I love to do. So it was, it evolved to that point, you know, we start cooking our own kitchen, start sharing our food with our neighbors. And one of our neighbor gave us this idea, like, just, just go out and do this at the farmer's market here. People will adore this food, you know? And she actually gave me that idea. And what is funny was we, I and my mom were going farmer's market so much to pick up ingredients all the time. So we already knew almost everyone in the farmer's market. So when we applied to be part of it, we were welcomed very, um, we were just welcomed. And there was a very joyful moment, uh, which later I learned it was actually very hard to get in. But for us, it was just one simple application form because we were very familiar with the farmers, with the people who, who are there. And this is how we started. We started the farmer's market. We started with just one simple tent, not even a food truck. And then one tent became two tent, two tent became three tent, three tent became four tent. Wow. And, you know, two team member became 16 member, 16 member became 14 team member. And we were like, you know what? I think we need a restaurant space. This is not sustainable here, like to open this whole operation in the farmer's market and closing sanitizing every single equipment going back to commercial kitchen we were working at it, it became very difficult operation and this is when i start look for places to create my restaurant and in hawaii it is quite challenging to open a small business to be honest uh, we also went through those challenges you know not having enough capital we had to go through SBA loan, um, even use personal loans to able to open our business. Uh, those parts were also very stressful at the beginning uh, because each time you take a step forward to you know grow your business and uh, you don't want any investors involved, other people involved. Because to me, it had to be mine and my mother's place. You know, I didn't want anybody else attach it with our business because i thought it wouldn't be special anymore you know we had a lot of people offered us help uh, of course they wanted to be part of our business but i completely rejected all of it and i said you know we are just gonna do it ourselves and luckily we were able to get um sba loan we qualified to get it uh, but I was still having immigration pro- problems at this time. And even though I was approved for SBA loan, SBA loan couldn't give me the money because I didn't have my green card. Oh, yes, yes, that of course. And you were well so, into the process by that point, right? Trying to apply yes, for this loan and, it, and giving them documentation and working with them. And then all of a sudden, after all this time and effort, it's like, okay, yes. where's your green card? Okay, what happened next? Yes. So it was quite traumatizing because we were approved for everything. I found my dream place and I already signed on a lease for it. And it's a long lease. Uh, And I was told by SBA that I am approved for the loan to build my place. And then I received the word saying that, oh, I need, they need to have a copy of my green card. And that was quite horrifying moment of my life because oh, yes. i was like the dream is right there this, i committed the lease i cannot walk away from it mm-hmm. and my husband was already looking for bankrupt attorneys because he said there is no way if they don't 
give us the SBA loan. We do not have the funds to open this place. Of course. So it was very stressful. This is when my attorney stepped in and he said, you know what? Okay, this is too, too much uh, mentally for you, physically for you, because I was getting very sick. Mm-hmm. Um, the stress and all that. Yeah. Yes, yes. It was making me very sick. Mm-hmm. And he said, my husband, who is a U.S. citizen, uh, since they don't consider Ahu as a human being, <laughs> she has absolutely no rights as a human being. Uh, she doesn't exist on the paper. You will be suing U.S. government for not getting back to you guys. <laughs> so that was the solution he found. And my husband sued U.S. government immigration. No kidding. Wow. Yes. Uh, with my attorney. Yes. Um, and this is when we heard the words from them. Finally, after 11, 10 something years, almost 11 years. Unbelievable. They, they called us to their office. Uh, at least I received the apology. Uh, I didn't receive any compensation for my attorney fees or anything like that. But at least I received that simple apology that we are certain we made a mistake. And that, may, that meant a lot to me at that time because I felt like all my resu- resentment was gone. Uh, and I got my green cards. And I just ran to SBA and I showed them, the, gave them my green card. But I had a copy of my green card and they approved my loan. And this is when we started to build my restaurant because we realized at that time uh, we cannot afford a restaurant in Honolulu. So we had to get a place with nothing in it. When I mean nothing in it, our place didn't even have walls, no plumbing, no electrical, no fire alarm, no fire suppression. Wow. And my husband, who is a marine engineer, he quit from his job mm-hmm. to build the place for my with my dad, who is also an engineer. So we literally not only cooking it as chefs, but we also as a family <laughs> built this restaurant from nothing. That's an amazing uh, story. And that's yes. that's a testament to persistence and belief in that dream and the power yes. of family and the power of your culture and that driving force of we have something Absolutely. really special that the people are going to love and nothing's going to stop us. That's what I'm hearing from you. Yes, that was pretty much it. <laughs> Beautiful. And it, it was very emotional at that time. But now when I think back, it is quite beautiful story it uh, because... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I design everything. I texture my own walls. I paint my walls. I stain my own tables. My dad built all my furniture, even my lighting. You know, my lighting is built by my dad because we had no money for lighting. And I was so sad. I told my dad, like, we cannot buy lighting. Like, how we are going to do this? And he asked me, like, what do you want as a lighting? And I told him that I want chandeliers like in Hagia Sophia which is quite expensive, right? And then he came up with this beautiful chandelier idea. I can see idea. them. They really are. And he and handcrafted he, those? Your your father built those? Yes, from plywood. Yes. Unbelievable. Talented family and, you have. <laughs> yes, I do have. And that is also what I was going to talk about. It. Please. It wasn't just me. It is a sport from my family. It's the, my connection with my family build this whole place you know i can not take the credit for this whole thing you know my husband my dad my mom my siblings and some of my family members friends you know they helped me you know in the way like we couldn't afford the signage you know they asked me sixty thousand dollars for my signage and how we are going to afford with our little sba loan for a signage that's going to cost us sixty thousand dollars so my dad called his friends in turkey and said this is the design my daughter designed. I designed my signage. Yeah. Can you build this and send it here? And his friend is, of course. And we just paid him like $800. And he built it. He sent it. My husband and my dad installed my signage. So there are things like that happening in the way. This is just one of many examples how much money we saved, you know? 
Well, there's a lesson in this to anyone listening, because you can do things if you are creative and resourceful without spending a lot of money on things and and reaching out to others who can help and who have knowledge and expertise in doing certain things. But that's just it. As a small business owner, you have to do these things, not only to start your business, but just to be smart about how you run it. To be successful, you can't just be writing checks all day saying, I need this. Okay, here you go. It's like, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. It is, it it, it, it was a lot of work, but it was a happy work because we were accomplishing every day building this place and it was evolving into this, into my vision. And, uh, and the day it ended, you know, the whole construction ended and I look at my place and it was beautiful than my vision. You couldn't believe it, right? So it went beyond your initial vision. It just kept taking on a life of its own, but it still fed your soul and it spoke to you on a higher level, but it it was authentic to your original dream, but even more so I'm hearing. Is that right? And absolutely. And I had a lot of challenges, uh, you know, during that process, one day, especially sometime as much as it is beautiful to work with your family, Sometimes it can be very challenging, right? Because I and my husband were working here two long hours, sometimes 14 oh, yes. hours a day, mm-hmm. six, seven, six, seven days a week, That's right? Your life now. To build this yep. place. Yes. And we had moments like we were, we start to throw tools at each other, you know? <laughs> we were like, I hate you. Like, That's you know? normal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This, this happened too. You know, it wasn't like, oh, be the pool and colorful. It was moments of these in the times of, building such stressful project um so i just want to be honest with people about these things you know it wasn't just happy it was very very stressful at the same time and we had moments like i was crying at the door when i was halfway done and i was thinking like how i am gonna make this work with this much money because i went back to sb and they told me we already gave you more than you worth we cannot give you any more money until the day you turn your key open your restaurant and then we see you open your restaurant and maybe we can give you money. Start making money and proving that the concept works. Yes, exactly. So I was thinking like crying and thinking, I think, I guess in the middle of the construction, we are going to bankrupt, you know, thinking like that. And, you know, sometimes just funny, but life brings you these beautiful people that you don't even know. This lady stepped into my restaurant. I don't know her. I don't know anything about her. Yes. She's like, why are you crying like this? She hugged me with everything she had. And she said, I see, I see the voices, happy voices here. Keep going. Keep doing this. This is coming. This is evolving. You know, I had moments like that too from people who I don't even know. They just come and hug me. And I guess they had been watching us, you know, building mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. place. Yes. And uh, she just spoke in and now I and her are very good friends, you know. Um, and she's much older lady than me. She's a very sweet lady. Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, she still walks by every week uh, with her dog. And we talk about life and all those things and hug each other, you know. Um, also, restaurant gave me these relationships too that are very precious. Yes, the guests uh, or the customers, you know, absolutely. those people are, are uh, your friends now. It becomes family and extended family are the people that absolutely. appreciate what you're doing. And that is, that is the most beautiful part of my work, you know, oh, uh, creating, yeah. creating these relationships. Mm-hmm. And same thing with my team, you know, we started, as I told you, with two team members. Now we are almost, I have 80 team members. 80, wow. Yes. Wow. And <laughs> It's All quite of an them, operation. Mm-hmm. We we love each other, you know. We know each other. Uh, they support me. I support them. It is not just an employee and employee relationship. It is a lot more than that. It is a lifetime relationship. I try to establish with my team. You know, we ask each other how we are doing. If we see them set, we support them. It is a special relationship. You know. Even some of them, like, um, they, they were going to leave me because of their life goals. And I did everything I can to support them. Mm-hmm. And even though it is sad for me because I lost them. Yes. But to me, it is very, very, 
precious to see them growing. And uh, that's also created life-lasting relationship between I and them. You know, me helping them to get them where they want to get, you know? Like they are helping me. They help me every day to serve my guests in the way I want them to serve. It, it is a very important relationship we have with our team. And I think that is what sets us apart. I can easily tell that. Because I work with team members, they care. They care. They absolutely care, you know? And because they care, everything comes out much better. That's a beautiful thing. I mean, even supporting others. And I, I can understand that. You know, that happened when I ran restaurants also and when, when I owned restaurants. It's like you would develop someone who would spend years with you. They become part of your family. But then they have big dreams too. And sometimes it's just natural for them to move on. And even though they were really valuable to you, working for you as a team member, you want to see them do well. You want to support them and help them get to their dreams when your dreams have come true. And that's just, you know, that's just a beautiful way of how it should work. And then you find somebody new and then you take them in and and you see what they can do. And it just, it's a constantly evolving process where some people stay a long time and some people stay a short time, but they all make their unique contributions to what you're doing. And if, Absolutely. They, and if they're really good at what they do, then you've benefited from their time in your restaurant and you want to see them continue to succeed, even if they choose to move on. So, yeah, that's just wonderful. Uh, it's It's got to be so gratifying and fulfilling to have achieved, you know, your dreams. And wow, 80 people. That's that's very big. That is quite big. Yes. <laughs> For a, a square footage of yeah. my restaurant, it is a big operation. Yeah. How many we seats do you have now, Ahu? We do. We can sit up to 125 okay. with our yep. outdoor area. Oh, nice. Uh, we're just squeezing a lot. We started with only seating 60. Mm-hmm. Then with COVID, we took over our outdoor area as well. And then that du- doubled our space. But it didn't double my kitchen space. So it is oh. challenging sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Kitchen. Tight kitchen, sure. Yeah. I mean, I do have a... a for 60 seats, I had an excellent se- kitchen size, you know? Yes. Very comfortable. One, and then you doubled. <laughs> for, yes, yes. Wow. And it was a COVID. There is another story with me, you know? Okay. It mm-hmm. felt like life was like... So I jump over one challenge and I feel great. i done this, you know? I got my green card, second challenge. I built my restaurant. i done this. And then the COVID came, right? We literally opened in the time of when COVID started. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to open up because of my parents are in their 60s. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was quite worried about their well-being. I was thinking like, you know, what if something happens to them? Sure. Because we want to open this restaurant and they get COVID and they die. Like, how oh, am I going to live with this? So that was very challenging. Uh, until, you know, my husband came to us. He's engineer and he's very good with numbers. He's like, okay, you have about uh, 16, 17 days to uh, think about it. And after that, you just have to leave the key to the landlord and bankrupt. So you guys, I respect whatever decision you guys make, but this is this mm. condition, right? Yes, yes. And my parents are, no, you're crazy. You're opening this. We are doing this, you know? And I'm like, even me open it, like nobody probably come because... Who want to be in a restaurant environment, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, and then in the midst of COVID. But, uh, you know, the my miracle happened again. You know, yeah. it was a miracle. We opened the door. People start just keep coming. Keep coming. We were booked two weeks, three weeks, month, two months. And it was quite amazing. It was unbelievable. Did it did it help that your location was ideal and it was highly visible? Or would you say most people found you because other people told them about it and it was a word of mouth type of marketing? Like how did I people originally find you? Yeah. Okay. It was both. I think it was mainly the farmer's market. Oh, right. People followed the, you. Okay. Yes, that makes perfect sense. Yes. Yeah. Because even our social media was over at the time. Uh-huh. Twenty-five or thirty thousand followers. So we That's had a lot of wow. we had a lot of followers through my mom's food. Unbelievable! 
Yeah, oh, my, my mom's food is very, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a magical food, whatever she does. And she always tells me, it's not just food, Aho, okay? Yeah. It is something else she puts in it. It is, it is different. It is a different approach. And I am a self-taught chef. I learn most of things from my mom. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I am quite grateful. I went to art school and psychology school versus culinary school because I have my own way and I use those skills every day, you know, and I, I am applying art to plating every single day. I'm applying art to my ambience design every day. And psychology really helps me to develop very positive relationship with my guests and team members. Um, it, it's almost funny. It, it, I feel like all those history of mine dragged me to this moment to be successful. It was necessary ingredients like my past and my challenges I went through was truly necessary ingredients to make me become what I become today. And uh, I see them as my gifts now. You know, at Hardship. that time it was very, mm -hmm. yes, In it so was many very ways. challenging. Oh, yeah. So many ways. Yes. And now you can appreciate it so much more because when you were going through the depths of difficulty, and we've all had our own personal challenges in life, but when we're in those really difficult moments, it's so hard to see so far ahead of what could be. But then when it starts to happen, you almost don't believe it. And then when it actually comes true and you look back on those times, you would say to yourself, I needed those times to make me stronger, to give me courage and perseverance to keep going. And if I didn't develop those skills and that approach, this may never have happened. So there's so much appreciation I'm hearing from you based on all yes. you went through. And But you were also supported and able to share all this with your family and they helped you through these challenges and it made you a stronger person and you leaned on them and they leaned on you and and now look what you have to show for it i i think this is just a wonderful yes, story it was very stressful yeah. because you know uh, my parents put all the retirement they had my husband pulled all his retirement we risk our home that we were living with our pets we will, if we would be homeless, we would lose our home. Like we were just thinking, how who's gonna accept us with this many pets? You know, we rescued four cats, one dog. So we were like, nobody is gonna let us rent their home. You know, with this many pets, we just have to go back. We have to find a farm to live. So it, it was stressful in those perspectives, you know. And each time we step, take it. It was a leap of faith we literally took a leap of faith we believed in our craft and what we do and uh, we were resilient when the challenges came you to know, us you know i can speak to i i can totally relate to what you're saying because you know many of my audience know that just before the pandemic i bought another restaurant uh, with my wife and we went through all the challenges that our listeners and yourself have gone through and those two years you can't imagine thinking back on it how difficult it was and will there anything be in the future that difficult but just like you we pledged our home and we had two dogs and two cats and all the pets and we're thinking wow all of a sudden everything goes upside down and it's no longer working and it's like our house is on the line and what's going to happen and then it was it was divine intervention and all this amazing things started to happen that you could not have foreseen that that saved our business probably helped save your business and saved a lot of our listeners businesses as well even though the pandemic really devastated our industry in so many ways and and we obviously absolutely. feel for those that didn't make it and didn't survive but you're absolutely right about that but now you're so much stronger for it and you can look back on those times and say i learned from this and i learned from that and and now i'm just getting stronger every day and and nothing is going to stop me from fulfilling that dream and continuing to serve my guests this amazing food let's talk about the food now ahu i mean there's something really special yes. i'm hearing about the flavors and the spices and what makes it so incredible that world cultures are, are adopting this as saying this is amazing you know because every I food think, uh, and cuisine is different but tell us about yours yes definitely i think when you say turkish cuisine it is you're really talking about the east and west is meeting with each other and it's 
has such historical roots, such as you know, it goes thousand backs, thousand of years okay. uh, yeah. back, and it traces the Hittites, Byzantine Empire, Empire mm-hmm. Ottoman heritage, um, and the region is so rich. It's uh, we are talking about old Mesopotamia, you know. It's I studied such... that when I was in a young person in middle school. It's like they used to call yes. it the fertile crescent between the Tigris and the so, Euphrates rivers and all that kind of stuff. Yes, in a way, the Turkish people was lucky to have that yeah. region, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. to mm-hmm. establish a civilization in that region because they adapted all those great cultures, uh, oh. heritage within, you know, yeah, history. Yeah. Of course. And also, it is such a fertile land. You know, today Turkey grows pretty much anything you can imagine, you know, olives, olive oil, mm-hmm. exotic fruits like, you know, um, papaya, you know, um, from, you know, one of the best tomatoes. We do the most sun-dried tomatoes in the in the world than anybody else. We do have Turkish pistachio, Antep pistachio, which is an amazing flavor itself. We do grow the most hazelnuts, the most delicious one. So it is just such a fertile land. Are you so able to you find all a, this food in Hawaii? Do you import many things from Turkey? How yes, does all that absolutely. work? Tell us about so that. it is challenging because it makes it very expensive. I'm, I would think so, yes. <laughs> yes, because uh, anytime you ship anything, you know, um, it's just in Hawaii. Shipping in Hawaii is always different mm-hmm. rates. Uh, so it makes the, some even simple ingredients that, you know, we take granted in back home. It's just expensive to have it here. However, we have to use those to make authentic Turkish food, you know. Of course. I yes. cannot just replace them with certain things. Then it doesn't become the real Turkish food I grow up eating. But we do use a lot of local farmers, you know. Most of our produce comes from local farmers. So which in that perspective, we do use a lot of local ingredients. By applying our techniques and aromas and flavors into food. Uh, you know, we don't have anything like infusion, like Hawaiian infusion like that. But we still use ingredients from where we are from and support local farmers and vendors. Are you cooking well. the same dishes that you grew up with? Does the menu change very often? Um, Absolutely. You mentioned earlier your mother is so creative and she keeps coming up with all these yes. new dishes. How often does the menu change or does it at all? So we do have some classics in the menu. We call mm. classics. They never change because mm. in about seven years, eight years of having this place, I mean, through, with Farmer's Market total, we, we have the place three years, but with Farmer's Market, we have been open about eight years. And we learn like certain things we can never change them because they are so iconic they people expect that when they come in they want to eat that and you cannot take that away from your guests because they develop a relationship with that thing you know and they expect to find that here however we do have it also seasonal approach we do have a part of the menu change seasonally so we do have both we do have certain items they are just very iconic and classic and your, you and your guests them. love those items. It's like, if you ever yes. took them off the menu, they would be really upset with you. <laughs> that happened to me. That yeah. happened to me. And the guests literally walked out from my restaurant. They were that emotional about this. Wow. And this is true, you know, uh-huh. food For makes us reason. emotional. Yeah. Food makes us emotional. It is just the way it is. Um, you know, we when we make the guests wait in the line too long sometime, even though they are walking guests, they get hungry, you know, they get emotional about the situation. It's just part of the business. Uh, you is. have to also, yeah. as much as we deal with beautiful guests, happy guests, we also sometimes have to deal with hungry guests. Oh, we all have been there. Yes. Yes. This happens too. This is part of our job to comfort them. And, you know, uh, as long as they are respectful, Mm, thank you. It's our job. That's very important. Yes, it's our job to make them, you know, comfortable and calm again and help them, accommodate them. Uh, but sometimes they can be disrespectful, and that's when we have a security. 
take the yeah there's one other nice place about my places we have uh, our building security and also we are in ward village we have a ward village security so we are lucky to have that not every restaurant has that luck uh, but we have security that can come and help us out in good. those situations good, good, good. which doesn't happen often though i mean i think in my own whole three year here it happened maybe once or twice. Mm-hmm. Most of our guests are really lovely, lovely people. Um, if you have first-time guests that that walk in the door, maybe they heard about it, maybe they saw you from the street and they come in, uh, is it very difficult for them to know what they should order or what they really will enjoy? Do you explain, say, Turkish cuisine yes. in the menu? Or do your, your staff must be very knowledgeable and say, this is this and this is this and we recommend that and my favorite is this and try this, you'll love it. Is it all of those things? So part of our training program is long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we tell this to all our team members. Yes. And we, we mainly hire hostesses and busters before they become servers versus even hiring really experienced servers. Yes, move them up. The reason, yep. the re- the reason behind that is this way they understand the operation and they understand the Smart. food. Yes. You know, they understand uh, to carry food, clean the tables, reset tables, approach guests when they become hostesses. They understand the system and let's say our hostess is sick, our server can be a hostess, right? Uh, if our buster is sick, our server know how to do a busing job because they done that. They step up from that, uh, and I think that that really helps us in the training process. Absolutely. And great. sometimes we do hire experienced people. They accept to start from start. Humble people. They say, of course, you know, I love to learn how you guys do things, and I like to support that system. Uh, this happens too, not often, uh, but. This happens to same with the bar too. Most of our bartenders used to be our busters or hostesses. And I completely taught them the whole bar, uh, bar program. I create my own bar program here. So I create all my cocktails here. So we train them into that, you know, uh, because I taught all these to myself and I didn't go to school for it. I didn't take education for it. And I'm pretty good about it. Because I think as long as you want to learn about it, you will learn. You know, it is not It is not like I'm teaching them a brain surgery. <laughs> you know, uh, it is pretty much, uh, you know, a couple hundred liqueurs and spritz and wine they need to learn. And if they want to learn, it is not that difficult to learn. Is any and of they that, can um... taste it. Ahu, are any of the specialty cocktails you've created and the liquors and the spirits you're speaking of, or even the wines, are any of those traditional to Turkey or are they just selected to accompany and complement the food and the flavors? So most of our wines and beer are old words. They are selected specially to complement the food. Mm-hmm. Um, because old word flavors like Italian wines, Spanish wine, Greek wines, yeah. Turkish wines, they are truly pairing with what I do because it's a Mediterranean. They are coming from the Mediterranean approach. And this is what I usually like to carry. And I mostly carry. And I explain the guests. Sometimes it is not familiar for them. And I explain them, you know, uh, the reason I carry this because it's going to pair much better with the food. And and I think pairing is a form of it art. Is. It is. Uh, so um, yes. same with the beer too. We have beer from couple thousand year old white uh, breweries and that pairs with my food much better than uh, some new world beers that people are used to drinking every single you know more more often than what I carry but that approach at the beginning backfired a little bit but the more we explain and educate our guests the more they understand about this it became now that's what they want, you know, when they come here. And our servers are very trained about this, to explain them this and the food, because half of my menu is written in Turkish. And when sometimes people read about it, they don't know what they are reading about it, right? It's like, what is that? What is that? What is that? And we give the guest and the server that time 
to to explain and uh, walk them through in the menu and beverage program. Let me ask you some um, about entertainment. Um, I'm curious because I've never, I've always wanted to go to Istanbul. You know, I have these visions of the minarets and the blue mosque and all the things I've read and seen and just the culture. I've been to Greece a couple of times, which I, I really loved. Okay. Thank you. You're showing us the ambiance. It's beautiful. Wow. I'm going to go to the back. Yes. <laughs> because yes, now they are going to, they are going to come and I just don't want them to uh, okay. disrupt us. That is, that is a big restaurant. And yeah. Yes, it's a big oh, it's well done. It's very well done, Ahu. Yes. Thank you. Do you play native um, Turkish music for sound? Do you bring in dancing or any entertainment at all that's native to your culture? So we don't do any dancing like that, uh, anything like that. We don't have a stage for it. Hmm. And I think it, if we are going to do dancing, it should be artistic. So for to according to those things artistic, you want to have a stage for it. Uh, you know, I don't want people like dancing around the tables. No, I, right, I don't right. think okay. it is my concept. Uh, so, yeah. so we don't have a place for a stage. So this is the reason why we decided not to do such thing. However, what I do is I, I am my I myself love history so much, uh, and I uh, as well. I love historical places and Turkey is abundant with history and historical places, you know, from Greek times to Roman times, from Byzantine uh -huh. times to Ottoman time, uh, Hittite time. I don't know how am I pronouncing that right or not. Yes. Oh, but I remember all these back, things learning. It goes I mean, back Sumerians. It goes back yeah. so, so many, many, many years back in uh -huh. Turkey. So what I decided was to show people part of this because it's what i love as well so i project evening time i project i have a very beautiful big uh, concrete wall i plaster yes kind of i use as a screen mm -hmm. and i project those historical places of turkey and when people look at those they are like oh my gosh this is turkey so then they get an idea of what turkey is about because turkey doesn't have a necessarily positive look in the world because of our terrible leaders, you know, we have, um, we just never really had a really good leader that that presents Turkey like the creator creator of Turkey, which is the Atatürk. You know, he was very modern, and he want Turkey to become um, become you know away from that conservative ideas and thoughts. He wanted to create this very democratic place. For Turkey, and this is how he established Turkey. However, you know, Turkey never had good leaders after him, and mm. it just start to. Uh, so we don't really have a really the best outlook, you know, when it comes to the world view of politics and stuff because of our leaders, and I think that makes many people hesitate to visit Turkey. Um, but you know, Turkish people are. Not everybody is like our leaders, you know, even though it looks like we select them, it is a lot more than that, you know. Uh, now we do have a dictator, <laughs> basically, you know, running the country, has been in power over 20 years, which he shouldn't be there more than eight years, but he keeps changing the rules so he can stay in power. And he's pretending he's elected. He's not. He's in, he's in power because he uses different methods and systems to stay in power is unfortunately and he pretends like we we elected him and that's not true you know yeah, some people I don't think don't the go politics away. I don't think the politics are why obviously they're not why people come into your restaurants but I really love what you said about projecting the images of the history and the culture on the yes. wall because it really brings your experience to life it's not just the decorations yes. it's the flavors the sounds the smells but then there no. is the history and where all this started like right there and suddenly you feel yes. a part of it. You feel like you're transported to another place, even though you're still in Absolutely. Hawaii. I love that. And this is what I was going to tell you about yeah. that too. What sets us apart mm -hmm. is we don't just serve food and good customer service. Um, you know, we, we do transport them to Turkey. 
And that is a part of important experience, I think, because is. that is what I wanted to create when I designed my restaurant. I wanted to create this modern Turkish home. You know, people come in and they feel like they are not in a commercial place anymore. They are actually in, in more like a home environment, you know. Mm-hmm. And that is the way I designed the restaurant and I project beautiful parts of Turkey to show people how beautiful Turkey is, despite of unfortunate political issues of Turkey. Yeah. It is really beautiful place to go and visit and food yes. is quite amazing. Are you still, uh, do you divide your time between still cooking in the kitchen and going out and meeting your guests and just being sort of the, you know, the ambassador for your restaurant? Because you're a personality unto yourself. You've got a wonderful story and you've got so much history and now you have so many friends that know you and appreciate the food. So it's it's sometimes hard to be stuck in the kitchen when you want to go say hello to this one and thank that one for coming in and hey how's your family and just do you are are you moving around and doing all those things so and, and managing my, the team and how does that Yes, go? my first year I couldn't do that, right? Because it was yes. a lot of training mm-hmm. and uh, setting uh, establishing my team. Okay. Now I am very very fortunate, very blessed. I have a great team members. So if I'm going to the kitchen I'm not going to kitchen cooking um, what we have in the menu anymore. I'm going into kitchen create something to bring something new. It is more like my job become more like a creative process of cooking. That's now, the art. Like, yeah. Yes. Now I am like, okay, it is a new season. So what we are going to use in fall season, right? So I bring ingredients to the, my team and I say, okay, we have butternut squash, we have pumpkin, we have nutmeg, we have cinnamon. Now, hey, like now we are going to focus on these farms. We are going to feature these farms, feature these ingredients with our, uh, you know, uh, what we are doing. So this is kind of seasonal thing. This happens every season. But also, you know, sometimes I just come up with an idea and I want to serve that and I create this dish and I train my team and we serve that. And that is exciting part of my work because if I don't do it because everything is going well for me, I think the place doesn't grow. Uh, So, and I don't feel creative, which is Uh part of me to be creative. You know, I have to do something. So. That's that's called balance in life. So you're surrounded by family. You're surrounded by guests that have become family. You're surrounded by the food and the culture. Do you have any spare time to do anything else? Uh, your art, perhaps the art that you used to do before I you do. really got into this. Do you do art still? I do. I do. I still love to draw things, mm-hmm. uh, and that really helps me because now I design um, plates that I want to serve food in certain way. And I will be working with local pottery artists oh, to wonderful. create my plates. Oh, that's, so I that's do great. things like, yes, I do things like that. And it's also very fun part of my project, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, um, plating is bringing colors together, bringing aromas together, creating an art composition. And um, when I do it and people love what I do, you know, they say, oh my gosh, look at these colors in this plate. It's beautiful. It just, it touches my ego, I think, you know, it just makes me happy about myself. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm doing this well. Like people love this. Like they take picture of it, you know, they share it and it makes me happy. It's not just food again. Uh, However, food is the most important integral part of the subject in the plate. You know, the, the, the ingredients, the, uh, the, the flavor. But it is more than that, right? It is the aroma, it is the colors, the composition. And that is partially my artistic side no plays question. a big role in that. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a huge part of every part of you in every piece of this restaurant, right down to yes, the definitely. art and the psychology and the food and the cooking. It's like it's all combined yes. to make a really wonderful experience. You, you've shared yes. tremendous with us today. Do you have any um, plans to grow beyond? Um, Istanbul, Hawaii? So um, at this time, no, because I'm happy where I am at and I just want to perfect what I have, which mm-hmm. is to me, of course, there is no such thing like perfection, but I want to just do better before I move forward. And I have areas that I still 
that I know that I want to improve, you know, uh, most some people don't know these areas, but I know, oh, you know, I am I think lacking here, I'm lacking here. And I think it's a great thing to be able to criticize yourself and to to go back and improve something that you are not pr- proud of, you know. Um, not that I don't have any anything that I'm not proud of, I say it wrong, but... I'm just not as good yet, you know. I want to be better than that. So I want to get to that point, you know, like, and some of them are nothing even related with my food, you know. Like, I want to cover all my tables with coppers, you know. It's just silly, simple project that I want to do, and I think that's going to add to my ambience more intensity, you know. Like, I want to do things like that, you know, Uh, or I want to, create a different art to my wall because I feel like that's going to bring more into my ambience. So see some stuff like that too, not just necessarily the team or the food. Uh, once I get to that point, yes, I do have simple different ideas, not Istanbul because I don't think I can create another Istanbul. This happened, this evolved to this point, this happened this way. Am I really going to create this authentic place again? I don't think so. Like, I need another me, another my mom, another of my dad. I know, another right? Of, right. Of, like, we can't duplicate how, ourselves to be somewhere else to do it all over again when you're so happy in what yes, you're doing now. But I, I can that. create, yes, but I can create something hmm. different in the similar concept with my team members that I know and that I trust, such as I want to have this special place where I can only serve 20 guests at a time. And I can pair with craft cocktails, the food and the cocktails, and maybe some wine. And and I really just want to be doing this with my mother. So that's kind of my second project. It, we okay. are not going to serve 300 people, 400 people, and holiday time 500 people, which is great. Wow, but yeah. I just want to serve very selective uh, dishes, very little amount of people so I can make it super artistically that the way yes. I want to do it. Very intimate, you know? small dinners for special people where you're interacting yes. with the guests and you're cooking and presenting new things. And that's a beautiful part of it as well. Just these so special tasting is, menus. Yeah. With the cocktails. and Yes. That's what I love mm. to do my mm. next project. And Wonderful. I have some products that I love serving and our guests adore. And I'm thinking maybe we can start packaging them and selling it. Mm-hmm. We, we we may start doing that as well. So I have some little projects on the side thinking in the back of my mind like that, but I have priorities first. You know, I have to do this, do that, do that before I can get to that point. Well, you've been a very inspired guest on the podcast today, Ahu. Thank it's, you, Roger. You know, we've we've covered so much of the business, but you're so inspiring, not only to those people that have had a or have a dream to open their own restaurant or they're in the process of doing so, but those people that have been in the business a long time may get a fresh idea or perspective about the ambiance, about the food, about the service. You've covered all the bases here, the foundational elements of our business you've achieved, and you did it from the ground up, from scratch, surrounded by family. So I thank you so much for being on the podcast and for sharing your story with us today. Thank you, Roger. I appreciate for inviting me. And I had a very lovely time. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you again. And thanks to our audience for tuning in. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. And we can't wait to share this episode as well as all future episodes. So please stay tuned and stay well. Wow, Chef Ahu, what an inspired journey you've had that really began in Turkey. And you found this really beautiful spiritual place in Hawaii where you just felt instantly like this is where I belong and then your mom and your family came over and you've built an amazing lasting family legacy in a successful restaurant featuring amazing foods that you grew up with and you've introduced your culture and your traditions and you have a very loyal following so you've been a very inspired guest and very much so to those who have a dream of their own to start their own restaurant. So thanks for being with us. Thank you to this week's sponsors. Thank you so much to our audience for tuning in. Can't wait to see you next time. People go to restaurants for lots of reasons, for fun, celebration, for family, for lifestyle. What the customer doesn't know is the thousands of details it takes to run a great restaurant. This is a high risk, high fail business. It's hard to find great staff, 
costs are rising and profits are disappearing. It's a treacherous road and smart operators need a professional guide. I'm Roger. I've started many highly successful, high-profit restaurants that I've now sold for millions of dollars. I'm passionate about helping other owners and managers not just succeed, but knock it out of the park. I created a game-changing system, and it's filled with everything I've learned in over 20 years running super profitable, super fun restaurants. Everything from creating high-profit menu items and cost controls, to staff training where your teams serve and sell, to marketing hooks, money-maximizing tips, and efficiencies across your operation. What does this mean to you? More money to invest in your restaurant, to hire a management team, time freedom, and peace of mind. You don't just want to run a restaurant, you want to dominate your competition and create a lasting legacy. Join the Academy and I'll show you how it's done. Thanks for listening to, to the, the Restaurant, Restaurant Rockstars, Rockstars Podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.